Dr. Pollard was very nice. Um, the only thing I can tell you about him is you didn't want to go to his office um, around five o'clock in the evening. Um, that's when he would, let's say, have his little recreational beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that real quick, so I quit. You know, if they wanted me to take anything over to, uh, which was called the ad building, okay. the administration building, um, I didn't want to go around five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join your hosts, Michael and Jenna, as they discuss all things ORAU through interviews with our experts who provide innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers. They'll talk about ORU's storied history, how we're impacting an ever-changing world, and our commitment to our community. Welcome to Further Together, the ORU podcast. Well, good Wednesday morning and welcome to another episode of Further Together, the ORU podcast. I think it's December when this episode is going to air. So happy <laughs> December. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. Happy holidays, Jenna. Oh, thanks. It, they're weird holidays this year, but you know. <laughs> they are weird holidays this year in keeping yeah. with the theme of this entire 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's weird. Yes. So. Keeping it weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited for today's show because I think we're going to have a little fun yeah. um, with our guest, <laughs> Betty Bowling, who is retiring from ORU after 50 years. That is incredible. Amazing. I can't, you know, I worked somewhere for 12 years and I thought that was a long time. So <laughs> I am looking forward to hearing much more about this. So let's get started. Betty Bowling, welcome to Further Together, the ORU podcast. Thank you. It's a we pleasure are, to be here. We are very glad to have you and excited to hear about what you've seen and can talk about to the extent that you can, <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, over your 50 years with the organization. So to start out, though, Betty, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do presently um, before, <laughs> before your retirement day um, at ORAU. Okay. Um, like you've mentioned, my name is Betty Bowling. Um, currently, I'm program specialist for the uh, Environmental Protection Agency programs. Um, I worked on those programs for, I guess, 20, 20 something years. Um, Jerry Philpott is my current uh, project manager. So we have up to sometimes 400 participants that we administer the program for. Wow. I love working uh, with people. Um, I love working with the participants, and it's just been a joy and a delight. It's not where you could go. You say you enjoyed your your position for so many years, and I truly have. That is very impressive. Now, Betty, what was your very first position at ORAU? 
It was October the 10th, 1967. Um, what was called the University Participation Office, UPO. And they um, administered programs too. But when I was hired in, I think I was hired in as like a clerk. But my, my instructor at business college wanted me to apply for a key punch operator at ORAU. And I don't know if you even know what a key punch operator is. But no. Tell me what many, <laughs> many years ago, that's we had what was called key sort cards, and they had little holes that went all around the cards, and you punched in information on those cards. They they held information, and then you you had um, readers that those cards went through that would read the information that was punched in. But anyway, I. Uh, the uh, program office kind of snatched me up, so I never became a key punch operator. <laughs> I worked with programs. And at that time, everything was with mail. You know, there was no such thing as electronic. It was all mail. You sure. received all your applications by mail. I date stamped every single page. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they were what, what you call NCR, no carbon copy required. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Never heard of that either, but um, you had to date stamp every single page. And then the manager would come in and want to know how many applications you received because that was a big, exciting time. Mm -hmm. You wanted as many applications as you could receive for the program. So that was that was my very first job. A lady retired there and they put me in her position. So I had I had what was called travel contracts programs. They don't, I don't think ORU does that anymore. Traveling lecture program, which I don't they don't do that anymore. <laughs> but it was it was great. I loved it. And then you had typewriters, and it was very exciting the day we got the Selectric typewriter that you didn't have to return the carriage. <laughs> when it came to the end, it would automatically go back to the left. <laughs> <laughs> New technology. That was, that was very exciting for us. I'm sure. But you had carbon copies, and most all of the letters that I did, you had at least eight carbon copies. Oh, my goodness. You were not allowed to make a mistake when you did letters. I had, I had uh, well, in business college, you were taught, you know, do your best not to make mistakes. And then Dr. Rayburn was my supervisor and Sue Van Hooser at the time was, was the assistant. And they did, when they looked at a letter, they did not want to see a mistake in there. And I don't know if you've ever seen those. They look like pencils with a brush on the end. And that's what you would use to erase your mistakes off the carbon copies in the letter. But it had to be to where they couldn't tell it. Oh. <laughs> so, did you learn a trick to be able to do that? <laughs> you just didn't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yes, you finally learned how to how to do that without appearing, or they could notice that there was a you, Wow. Or else you started all over. Mm-hmm. But that was my very, very first job. And I wound up having to go to court there because the story behind that was I was the little greenhorn and Dr. Rayburn's wife came in one morning. I was busy doing my little stamping on the uh, applications and she wanted me to open his door and I didn't have a key to his door. There were, there were two ways into his office. The second way is the way you went in through, through the assistant's office. So she was kind of upset. And so finally, after a while, Dr. Rayburn came out and uh, took care of the situation. But we all wound up having to go to court on his behalf for him. So that was very interesting, very scary. Right. <laughs> you can imagine your first job, you wind up going to court. <laughs> I'm assuming there was some tension in that relationship. <laughs> uh, yes. And I was trying to remain as calm as I could. And she was threatening me that she was going to Dr. Pollard. She was going to get a key. And finally, Dr. Raymond, he could hear her. And he came, he came out of his office and he, um, took care of the situation, but we oh were going to court. Right. That was, that was a scary thing for your first, first job. Sure. I can <laughs> see that. So, and then I can, I can tell you that in 1967, women were not allowed to wear pants. You did not, you dressed professionally. Okay. Until 1974, I believe it is, um, there was called um, Manpower Development Division and Training in Technology. Training in Technology was at Y-12. Well, there's quite a bit of of walk into Y-12. So, particularly one lady, uh, her name was Jody. they uh, talked to people and wrote letters and came up with a reason to allow women to wear uh, pants to work. And one thing was because it's so cold, you know, the building. They had quite a bit of ways to walk. So until 1974, you dressed professionally, which you still had to dress professionally, but then you had to wear pants suits. You couldn't, you did not wear a pair of jeans. Let's put it that way. Okay. To work. So that, you know, a lot of changes. You went from now. Look at we. Everything is electronic. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything then is paper. Um, and you got to work around or with. You know, you talked about Dr. Rayburn, but Dr. Pollard and yes, you know, some of the historical luminaries of you know ORU's past. Um, what was what was that like? I mean, knowing what we know about those men and women now. Dr. Pollard was very nice. Um, the only thing I can tell you about him is 
you didn't want to go to his office um, around five o'clock in the evening. Um, that's when he would, let's say, have his little recreational beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that real quick, so I quit. You know, if they wanted me to take anything over to, uh, which was called the ad building, okay. the administration building. Um, I didn't want to go around five o'clock <laughs> <laughs> and there was only one Xerox machine too. And that was, oh, that was in the ad building and ORU had its own credit union and, and the credit union and the reproduction office, which is now CM, you know, mm-hmm. was downstairs and you could only make 25 copies. That's all. That's as many copies as you were allowed to make at one time. Wow. So if I needed to make copies or anybody needed to make copies, copies, you had to go over to uh, the ad building, go downstairs to what we call the basement and make copies. Or if you wanted to go to reproduction, you went over to the other building, went downstairs to the basement <laughs> or the credit union or are you credit union? Right. Wow. Um Betty, what are you've shared a lot with us so far, but what are some of your favorite memories of being at ORU for as long as you have? I guess the the most incredible thing to me is is being able to work so many years at one place. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, then if if you um, if you worked different places frequently, it was called job hopping mm-hmm. round upon. Now, you know, it's, it's common. Uh, you're lucky if you get to stay in a position for quite a few years. Right. So to me, and they, they've always, or you have always been good to me. Um, I guess I was one of the first ones that did a, a strange schedule, I guess you could call it, because uh, when I, we were over in the DOE buildings, um, the, the yellow buildings, which is over close to DOE, okay. all the Army buildings, we were over there for a while, too. Um, it was, we had like the the first computer, it was called Hazeltine computer, and it was like a smart terminal. Okay. I remember encoding information into that uh, so-called computer. <laughs> Nothing <sighs> we have today. <laughs> right, right. And then you had these NEC, these net printers. You know, they had the holes in the sides of them, and you had to line that up on those printers. And then we went from that to, it's called a CPT 8000, which, which uh, you typed on that, but it was a whole lot more than that Hazel team, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> but just being able to experience all the different things and work for a company so many years. I had, uh, I have a young son uh, the youngest son was legally blind. My oldest son had narcolepsy. So every 
every school year at the beginning of the year, I'd have to go to MT meetings for like three weeks. Mm -hmm. my My youngest son that was legally blind. So we had uh, the first VOE student. Back then, they called them vocational education students. That that came from, it's what now is called co-op, you know. And they hired the first VOE student. And they came to me and said, Betty, you have seniority. Um, this, this young lady really needs to work, but it's up to you. Um, would you want to uh, work during the summer or, you know, let her work? So I said, okay, I have three kids. It costs me more for a babysitter, so let her work. And uh, I'll come back like the third week in September. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, that works out great. So that became a schedule. Uh, I would work uh, like three, I think three or four days a week. And I was off the three months during the summer and came back the third week in September. And that went on until my son graduated from high school. And then I went back full time. <laughs> wow. So, you know, everybody was saying, oh, you've set a schedule here. Nobody else has done that. I said, well, it just happened. I didn't actually ask for it. It just happened that way. You know? <laughs> right. But you know that it was it was uh, or you was family. Mm-hmm. They worked with you. They helped you. And it was it was wonderful. It was great. So, kind of building on that, <clears throat> or you was family. I have to imagine that's a big part of what's kept you here for fifty years. I mean. Oh yes. You don't you don't hang out at a place for fifty years if you don't exactly. <laughs> right. And you know the strange part of that too is um my husband was in the service. Um when I worked for Dr. Rayburn, I was telling you, um when I came to work there, I wasn't married, but uh that was in October. But then that November, well actually Speaking of today is our anniversary, November the 17th. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just happened to think of that. Um, uh, we were married, so he was in the Air Force. So I remember twice uh, I went to um, Suffolk County Air Force Base on Long Island in New York. And I was there three months, and I said, they must have heard I was coming because they closed the base down. So... <laughs> I came back to Oak Ridge and I'd run into someone from ORAU and they'd say, hey, come back to work? Well, sure. So I'd go back to work. Then I'd work and then I went to Arizona. He was in Arizona. And I'd run into somebody else and they'd say, hey, would you like to come back to work? Sure. (laughs) So you never hear of that, you know. Right. Yeah. So I would I would come back to work. And that was looking back at all that, that that's just amazing how things like that happened. Mm-hmm. But they knew I enjoyed the work and I guess they liked having me or else they wouldn't have asked me back. <laughs> <laughs> or worked with your schedule or all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. And I don't know if you all have ever heard about I talked about the um, 
Manpower Development Division uh, years ago. World and Energy Today, Today and Tomorrow, those were traveling programs. And I typed up scripts for those. Cortland Randall was the uh, supervisor, the manager of the office then. And that was very interesting. He was a highly intelligent man. Uh, but he would come into his office and leave his car and drive. So it would be rolling backwards and somebody would be running in the office after him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he, was, he was highly intelligent, but, you know, common sense. <laughs> But that was very interesting. He would he would call me on the phone and dictate to me for, oh, it could be an hour. He might be in his car. He might have been on a plane, whatever it was. He would dictate to me for like an hour. And I'd have to transpose all that, type it up, you know. Uh, that, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Long-distance dictation. <laughs> yes. No such thing now. <laughs> right, right. I mean, who does shorthand anymore? <laughs> right. <laughs> so a lot has obviously changed um, now, you know, in terms of the way that participant programs are run. And, and you said that you love working with the participants and the participant programs. What is it about those programs that, that you like so much? It's just interacting with the people, and I love to be of a help to, to all the people, even the coordinators. If I can make them happy, you know, that pleases me, and it's good for the company. It's, it's good uh, customer relations. Um, I love to provide good customer service, so that's what I've kind of dwelled on over the right. years, mm -hmm. and I know some of the some of the managers um, and directors have gone out to different meetings, uh, even in Hawaii, because I used to do what was called then the Seal High program, which was a central identification um, program. And it was in that's that's where they go out in homes um, of the servicemen, you know. Um, that had been missing for all these years. That was very interesting, that program. But the directors or whoever would be of the programs would run into someone and they would remember me all those years and they would ask and uh, the director would say, oh my goodness, yes, she's still there. She'll probably be there long before we are, you know. She's going to last forever. <laughs> And I said, yeah, I guess I'm a I used dinosaur, but I'm on the earth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a badge you should wear proudly, Betty. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's just, uh, it's very, um, I don't know exactly the word to use, but um, it's a good feeling to know that you have helped people in a way they remember it all these years mm -hmm. so that that build up good customer service and 
as a result of that, there's been a couple of programs that we have gotten um, customer service. So, are there? Do you have stories of? I imagine you do. Um, serving the needs of customers that you know you had to go out of your way or you know um, kind of do something maybe that no one had ever done before to meet the needs of, of a customer or of a participant? Not right offhand. Um, time, all, these, all those years uh, at, at that time, you didn't have a badge where you came into the building. So some of the participants could even come into our building and I would meet them if I needed to, to give them paperwork uh, or just anything little extra that needed to be done that I, that I could help them. Um, I had one participant that called me and asked me if I'd like to come to Hawaii I said, I don't think that would be approved. I don't believe there's funding for that. So <laughs> I had I'd to deter to, that. But... I had to deter that real quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, unfortunately, I did have one participant that came to Oak Ridge. Um, he was at ORNL, came to pick up papers from me. And I noticed he did not he did not look very well. So I gave him his papers and he went back to ORNL and had a heart attack in the parking lot there at ORNL. Oh my goodness. He, yeah, he was okay. He became okay. Um he was in the hospital for a while, but he, he was okay. That that was scary. Mm-hmm. And other than having to go to court, that's a that's the only two scary, scary <laughs> incidents. <Right>. <laughs> well, I guess in 50 years, if there are only two really scary incidents, <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Oh, yes. Now, you know, before we have the badge system now, that, um, Participants could come into the building, you know, and, and see anyone they wanted to, or especially uh, the ORNL participants. If they had a question about travel, they would come in and talk to. We did the travel then. There was no such thing as a travel center or a travel office. We did the travel. And I remember specifically that Maggie West and I had gone to, at that time, we were having our meetings over at the Oak Ridge Playhouse to go to the Oak Ridge Playhouse for an, like an all-staff meeting that you have now. And uh, Maggie and I happened to be the first ones back into the building. And we got into the building, went upstairs. There was um, a young man there, and he was pacing back and forth, and he was not happy. He was not happy over his whatever the situation was. Uh, we noticed that. But then shortly after that, not too long after that, is when they put in, you know, our badge readers, which was good because 
that could have been an unfortunate situation if, if it had turned bad, badly. Mm-hmm. But years ago, back in the day, you know, nothing like that took place or happened. Right. Uh, it's a different world. But the, yeah, we're living in a different day and time. And just, you know, a few years ago, because we've had those badge readers now for a good while. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they were talking about getting uh, time clocks where you would have to clock in. And they tried that twice and it never worked out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we never had to do a time time clock. I was glad. <laughs> right, right. We finally did away with the leaf slips. <laughs> we had leaf slips and they were early NCR, no carbon required, but they were three colors. You had white, yellow, and pink. And anytime you were going to be out, you had to fill out one of those leaf slips. And then they had to go through the channel, you know, be approved, and then it went to payroll. Mm. So you didn't, you didn't send anything by we do now electronic or you have your electronic timesheets and all. everything was done on paper, some kind of a form, and had to be sent through the proper channels to be approved. Right. Man, that's definitely a different world. Oh, yeah. I'm still roaming the earth. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, Betty, as you prepare for your retirement, um, what are your plans as a, as a retiree? Well, I have nine grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. From those three children I spoke of earlier. Right. <laughs> and I love to garden. I will, it's like, garden, here I come. <laughs> uh, my husband had a massive heart attack in April of 2019. So uh, I will be doing what I need to help take care of him. Mm-hmm. But enjoy I enjoy the out the outdoors. I love to be outside. I love to work in flowers. And like I mentioned, I love my garden. So I will be busy. <laughs> it sounds like it. I love it. That transition will be hard. I mean, you have been working for 50 years, so No, I'm I'm not that type. I'm I'm always I've always been very active. Mm-hmm. So I don't get depressed. You know, I always have something to do. Uh, a woman's work is never done, as I say. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't see it being difficult at all. Okay. I will certainly miss the people. I mean, all these years, of course, most of them have already left, you know. There's just, I guess, Rick Butterini, maybe. I don't know if he's, if he's still... He may be still working some to help out, but most most of us are gone. But it's right. it's been a joy and a delight. And you know, any page came out with the uh, I think it was the six guiding principles, if you remember that few mm-hmm. years. And I always said if he ever asked me about one, I was going to tell him number seven. And that was a good place to retire from. 
<laughs> Even there was no such number, but <laughs> right, right. Got it. <laughs> Betty, what would you? Last question. What would you say to somebody? Um, I guess when the time comes that we can bring new people on, what would you say to someone starting out at ORIE? Well, work ethics is is a big thing now. Uh, You don't have the work ethics that you used to have years ago. So usually the young people that come in, um, we've had a few in our group that have come in and and I've told them, you know, make sure you have good work ethics. Make sure you're loyal. Do the best job you can. Uh, be honest and truthful. And those are just the fibers of your makeup. Mm-hmm. All right. Good advice, for sure. Yep. Betty, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Oh, well, you're welcome. We appreciate it. And congratulations. Absolutely. Well, thank you. (laughs) And enjoy your retirement. I plan on it. (laughs) 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 They have already told me, though, they have me on speed dial, so. (laughs) (laughs) And when is your last day? November the 30th. November 30th, so. Yes. A couple of weeks. Yes. And they're still still trying to get as much out of me as they can. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> right. Betty, thank you so much. Well, thank you're welcome. You. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at ORAU, and on Instagram at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORAU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.